0: This is Make it kind. M I P. With my Matfumo. Mark Thompson. Make it kind. Get woke. Folks, time for another edition of Thursday Coast with the founder of the largest online progressive community, DailyCoast.com, the host of the ever-popular podcast The Brief, and the founder of Civics with the Q. He keeps my when well, y'all see me all this polling stuff, and I see it on it. He keeps me sober and my feet on the ground so I don't completely <laughs> lose it. So he's also my psychotherapist. Marcos Melissa joins us as always. Hey buddy, how are you?
1: Uh, how are you doing? <laughs> it's funny you say psychotherapist because uh on Monday everybody's freaking out because I'm stupid polling the New York Times. And then we wouldn't think on Tuesday. <laughs> I mean like yeah, yeah. can people yeah. just relax a little bit and just take a deep breath right and take stock of the macro trends. And Mark, we've been talking about them since Dobbs. We've been talking, for obviously, for over a decade. But this current political climate really was reset after the Dobbs decision when Alito very condescendingly said that women had options, if they didn't like it, that they were not without political power. And so women are like, thanks, Sam Alito. <laughs> not only are we going to take you up on that offer, but we're going to wipe out the people. That put you in the power. And it's been electorally it's been a good couple of years.
0: First of all, speaking of of Ohio, so the a woman's right or women's right to bodily autonomy is now sacrosanct, isn't it? That is now It is enshrined in in the constitution.
1: The Ohio Constitution with no limits or conditions or anything. It's saying, Yeah, the state can't infringe on it.
0: And I'm going to tell you right now, once now that's happened, it, it, I, I can imagine other women organizing in other states and women allies organizing to make sure that it happens everywhere. This could become a nightmare scenario. Yeah, it, broadly speaking, Democrats
1: won big on Tuesday. They won absolutely, they, everybody, the political press was just giving Glenn Youngkin, governor of Virginia, a tongue bath the last couple of months saying that maybe he, he was going to jump in and challenge Trump. And he's the future of the party and he's a moderate and this and that. And he was walking around already just assuming that not only was were Republicans going to hold the state house, but they were going to pick up the state Senate, which was held by the republic by the Democrats. Instead, election night happens and Mark wasn't even closed. Democrats held the Senate easily and they won, what, three, four seats in the House to to take the House so now Democrats control the entire Virginia legislature. Democrats won the governorship in Kentucky. Just to everybody know, that is the most evangelical state in the country. 45% of Kentuckians are white, southern evangelicals. And they reelected Andy Beshear, who ran explicitly on abortion rights and trans rights in Kentucky, in one of the most I don't say religious because there's good religion, but the right wing religion, Southern evangelical religion. And that—and he won on a message. And this is something I've been excited about. Democrats don't have a national message. If you can win on trans rights and gay rights and abortion rights, basically rights, right? right? It's, so it's the, the rubric, right? Democrats are now the party of rights and democracy. And they can win in Kentucky. They can win in California, New York, Louisiana on that message. This is what's so amazing about where we are right now. Almost won in Mississippi. I keep saying Mississippi's close. They keep suppressing the black vote. That's the only thing they've got at this point. They almost lost the governor's race, and they did. They only held on because of voter suppression, and uh, obviously abortion rights. And uh, won big in Ohio. Again, wasn't even close. What else did we get? School boards. The Moms for Liberty, the the right-wing book burning organization. They won half the races two years ago. Because people didn't know what they were. They were a stealthy thing. People know who they are now. And I think their win rate was less than 30% when it was all said and done yesterday at school board elections. All around it was there was not a lot of bad news. I can't even maybe like Manchester Mayor. That's the kind of stuff where Republicans picked up. And that's like local politics. It's not national partisan trends. And it's all really being fueled by abortion. That's what's getting people out. This is a different electric that we'll see next year. Just we can talk about that in a bit, but it used to be that Republicans won the low midterm elections, off-year elections, low-intensity elections, and it's flipped. We are now the we are now more engaged, more activated, more ready to vote at all costs than conservatives, Republicans are. That alone has changed the equation. And Mark, just nothing in the data suggests that this is stopping anytime soon. And Republicans are now finally starting to realize that oh, wait, this abortion thing, (laughs) you might have to do something about it because
0: it is killing us. Reconcile, though, this poll that came out, Trump picking up leads in five battleground states. You're right, people were pulling their hair out over that. The last therapy session, you and I haven't talked in over a week, the last therapy session we had, though, kept me grounded, so your therapy's good. I didn't freak out. Everybody's like, why aren't you freaking out? I said because I talked to Marcos. And, but help us, help our audience understand why no one should be freaking out and why you didn't. And what you also mentioned, it'll be a different electorate next year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It'll be more Republican next year than it was this time. So no, more MAGA next year. Because a lot of people only turn out for Trump. And so we got to be, we got to be ready for that. That's just to say, it's, it's going to be tough. What that poll showed us and I think it was what, six battleground poll- six battleground states, and Trump was ahead in five, and Biden was ahead in one. And, and what it basically told us, Mark, is that battleground states are battleground states. If you don't know that at this point, you got, you're not paying attention. Battleground states are battleground states. Nothing has changed. That's not true. One thing has changed. There are now more battleground states. Georgia and Arizona used to be solidly Republican states. Now they're battleground states. If anything, that's just telling us, okay, this is still the kind of map that we looked at 2020. That's a good thing. Nobody's, it'd be very easy for Georgia and, and Arizona to slide back and to, be, and to be red states. But battleground states are battleground states. If we look at sitting data, yeah, all six states are competitive. This is not shocking. Everything was within the margin of error. Next week, maybe they're going to have a poll that shows that Biden is up in five little six states and people are like, oh, he's surging. No, he's not. I will say the same thing that I will say right now. Battleground states or battleground states are within the margin of, of error. And you know what that means? It means a team that works harder is going to win those states. That's what that means. No matter what a poll says from here through the end of election day. Now, if Trump's indicted and crazy stuff happens, that's different. Then the dynamics may shift. But given the dynamics right now, there's not a poll that will show anything but Battleground State being Battleground State, and they're all competitive. And so for the record, I think for civics, it's Biden has three of those six, and Trump has three of those six, and they're all within the margin of error, and it really don't matter because it's all bunched up. And there's a couple other things so that I think are... A lot of liberals are trying to unskew the poll. Please stop. Don't try it. Like, it's, first of all, it's one poll. By definition, a statistically valid poll has 95% confidence, which means 5% of the time they're wrong. So even then, just by statistics alone, a poll is 5% likely to be wrong. No need to unskew, no need to dig in. Just it's one poll out of many polls. Number two, there is a, there's two dynamics that I think also play into the current numbers, which one is that there is, what do you want to call it? You want to call, I think it's called recency bias, where the current event looms large. And so right now you have Israel-Palestine fight that looms large. That may have one or two points of effect. Not major, but it we're seeing a little bit of a, a twinge of an effect. Nothing fundamental, but it's called recency. So like people's people's attention span, right? Trump's indicted and four weeks later, everybody will forget. Shit, January 6th. <laughs> I was pretending that it's not a big deal. So... There's recency bias. And the second one is there is, and this we definitely see this in the data and we've seen it in focus groups that people are doing. Mark, you and I were plugged in, your audience is plugged in. We all know what's going on, right? We know it's going to be Biden in Trump. Half of Americans don't realize that. People don't realize, they think that there's primaries that matter. So you will get things, I see it on Twitter all the time, is from both sides. Trump hasn't won the primary yet. It's like, he's won the primary. (laughs) He's absent indictments that change the dynamics of the race. If he's going to win the primary, even if he got indicted, he's probably going to win the primary. And on the Democratic side, same thing. I hope somebody can beat Biden. There's no primary on the Democratic side. And it's because Biden is perfectly liked well enough amongst Democrats. So there's no room for a primary challenge not to mention the existential threat of Trump and do we really want to weaken the party? So there's not a lot of appetite for a primary. So people will say, I don't like Biden, hoping that fuels the idea, that fuels this mythical primary challenger or it creates an opening for a primary challenger. So it's more aspirational. Once the race locks in, which will be what, in March, when people realize, okay, they're officially the nominees of the party. That's when you start paying attention to the polls. And I'll tell you right now what they're going to show. They're going to show that battleground states are battleground states. <laughs> That's what it's going to show. This isn't changing. We are too polarized as a, as a country. So yeah, these New York Times polls, everybody's freaking out about them. The one state that Biden is winning is Wisconsin. And there's no universe in which Biden wins Wisconsin or loses Pennsylvania and Michigan. Literally cannot happen. Wisconsin is Wisconsin's Arizona and Georgia, those are like on a razor's edge type of states, right? Michigan and Pennsylvania are slightly lean Democratic. It's already, it's just weird. It's all statistical noise, right? And sampling bias. And, but people are freaking out and it's frankly, it's a little, it's obnoxious. And then, so the next thing comes in and it's election night and we win big because the fundamentals of the electorate have not changed and they will not change next year. That is that Democrats will vote no matter what. Abortion is driving women. Abortion is driving a shift in the women vote in, in the, the white, female college-educated vote in the suburbs. That's not changing. There may even be a starting to see a shift. I haven't seen deep data yet. It's too early. But I would not be surprised if we're seeing men starting to shift. White men. White, college-educated men starting to shift a little bit. And I'm I'm working on this theory, mark, uh, the politics of vibes. I think politics has now gotten to the point where it's all vibes. Nobody's looking at issues. Nobody's looking at, at, at a candidate specifically. really it's about vibes. And so Bashar and Kentucky won, not because Kentucky voters are pro-trans rights. I, I would venture to guess that if we pulled them straight up, that Kentucky voters would be pretty anti-trans just given the the makeup of the electorate. But the vibe is why are Republicans being mean? Like why are you going after trans kids? That's just mean. That's a vibe thing. And and right now, I'm on the losing end of, of, of the vibe thing. But you know what the number one thing that boosted him in the last two years was? It wasn't any of the legislation he passed. Wasn't anything substantive. It was Dark Brandon. It was vibes. It's a weird place in, in, in politics. And so again, the vibes right now are not favorable to the Republican Party. And and I think that's going to carry forward to next year. And it's no matter what Biden's numbers are, it's going to be Biden versus Trump. And Trump is awful. And people realize that. And that's going to be the overlaying, the underlying dynamic. And again, really, I wouldn't even pay too much attention to the polls until about March. Again.
0: Okay, so a couple questions. And we've touched on this before, and I want to just drill down a little bit more on the issue of the Israel-Gaza crisis, and at least social media is saying that's hurting him. Now, I'm looking at civics, and first of all, let me ask you this. If one were to go to civicswithaq.com, at the moment, we would use perhaps the job approval rating thats perfect to, to determine where his stand. Okay. Since... I'm looking at Michigan and his uh, job approval, not much, it's gone down maybe 1% since the Hamas attack on Israel, just in Michigan alone, and it's 1%. It's 2% if you account for, well, it was still pre- effectively 1% when you count for um, 18 or 34-year-olds. Does 1% or 2%, does that say a lot, or is that just not still that big of a deal? And is, and can we just say, as you've been saying, it's a battleground state. It's a battleground state.
1: It's <clears throat> the, it could be noise. I actually think there is a little bit of tiny, little bit of slippage there. If it's one point in a 50, 50 state, that could be enough, right? I, I want to minimize and say, who cares? Cause every vote matters. And particularly it matters extra in a, in a battleground state. I will say that if there was a fundamental structural problem for Biden, it would look bigger. I think this is going to blip, if anything. Now, if you look at the numbers with uh, young voters, they've been slipping since before this. Like, Biden's just not, he's old, right? We've we've never sugarcoated <laughs> Biden's age. I, I haven't. Maybe you're more diplomatic than I am. <laughs> but I've never sugarcoated it. It's going to be harder for him to connect with, with young voters. And it's been slipping for a while and it had, so it's lip, you're seeing, might even have nothing to do with, with Gaza or maybe it just reinforces that vibe. I was, I'm going to, I'm going to write about this tweet <laughs> that went viral where it's, it's like a Zoomer account, a young person, this tweet got like hundred thousand likes and it was, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to read it. Cause
0: it's. Uh, you it's, said it's a Zoomer account?
1: Yeah. What's so, a, like Zoomer. a What's it? That's like a Generation Z. Oh, guys! Gotcha, so, gotcha. Zoom, yeah, zoom. Got I got it. It. I got it. Where would I put this thing? Hold on, let's It's actually remarkable. It's a little distressing, but it shows you the power of vibes. Okay, here we go. So, the tweet starts with, how can people seriously say they're not going to vote for Biden considering all he's accomplished in one term? And this is sarcasm. And so the things that she is attacking Biden for is student loan forgiveness blocked, Roe v. Wade overturned, Southern border wall being built. Offshore drilling permits, granted. Ceasefire, no. So there's a ceasefire. It's part of the vibes thing, right? But note that they're attacking him for the student loan forgiveness being blocked by the Supreme Court. And so somebody in the comments says, what do you expect them to do? This was the Supreme Court that had nothing to do with Biden. And they respond with, he could do an executive order. And they're like, he did do an executive order that is exactly what the Supreme Court overturned, was the executive order. And then they respond with, he can fight harder. So this is not based on reality. It's based on vibes, right? And then somebody else, yeah, he's so anti-labor. And then people are like, he is the first president in American history to march on a picket line. And then the UAW workers got the biggest, like they got an objectively amazing contract. And, but it's vibes, right? Nobody's going to sit there and argue on the facts. Just like you can't argue with a Trump supporter that, that he hurts you like in every possible way. He doesn't care about you. He's a morally repugnant human being. He only looks out for... He could say all these things. People, they won't listen because it's vibes, right? And, and Trump's vibes is he hates the people I hate. That's his vibe. And so there's these young people who are like Biden they don't like the Biden vibe. And they say things like this, where Roe B. Wade overturned is somehow Joe Biden's fault. How do you combat that? I don't know. That's why that number goes down. But that's going to be a definitely an electoral challenge is to make sure young people vote. From all indications, they voted in record numbers again yesterday. And, and or Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. And But it's kind the of lower I'm like, yeah, you can't. I used to say like Republicans, like, They were the ones that were really made decisions based on like gut, right? And that's why like appeals to fear and bigotry were so powerful and that liberals were more cerebral, but I I don't think that's true anymore. I think everybody is operating on, on vibes and that has consequences for our politics for sure, but it's, if nothing else, it's a short term challenge for Biden. So he's got work to do, but of course that's what a campaign is all about. And he hasn't started his
0: campaign. Yeah, yeah, okay. Trump, I still seem, it seems to me that what's happening in court and all these things that are going on, and they're only going to amplify as we get into next year, I, I even with the MAGA group, I, I'm still feeling like that's going to have an impact on him. I, I just don't, and, and, and maybe not with all the MAGA, but I think people are going to eventually say, because there is another vibe. Here's the other vibe. Neither one of them. That oh, yeah, these yeah. are two old cats. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Really... Deep,
1: no, <laughs> yeah. And this is really.
0: Yes, And it's not just Democrats who are saying neither one of them. There are people who are independents. What, how did we. Oh, no,
1: Republicans. Yeah, you're Republicans. Republicans, Republican stuff. yeah.
0: And like I said, our friend Joy Reese said it best a couple of weeks ago. She said, but this moment, politics is practically broken. When it comes to presidential politics, what do you even do <laughs> with with any of this in terms of the choices that you have? Uh, I had dinner with Cornell West last night, a march with us at the ceasefire march, and full disclosure, Cornell's a friend. Is Cornell likely to win? No, but it was just interesting talking to him. And I'll be honest with you, he made me feel good in terms of an escape. It's almost an escapism. Maybe that's a vibe too. <laughs> so I am so <laughs> I was like, man, Court, I wish you could be the president doggone. It, come to think of it. What do we just I was just like, that might just be better, but we know the challenges involved with that. So I don't know, man. If people do not vote, see so here's the hardest thing I've been able to get over to people, especially those. And I'm right in the middle among those who are upset about what's going on in Gaza. That's those are my people, my group of people that I'm with. And there is nothing consoling about me saying if we don't vote, Trump's going to be the president. He's nobody...
1: going to kick all the Palestinians
0: out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's even... But, it's, but you, you make a good point about vibe, Marcos. Just nobody wants to hear that right now. It's not like people saying I'm lying. Yeah, but they don't want to hear it right now. And they get mad... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get <laughs> mad at me for saying it. Because, you know, Mark, we... He won't, same thing, he won't uh, reduce student debt. He won't do a ceasefire. Now, I'll say, obviously, they've been hearing us. Blinken goes over there, and they won't say ceasefire, but they're saying humanitarian pause and, and stuff like that. To me, that is an adjustment that was not there before people started saying ceasefire. So I, I think they hear it, but I hope that people get it.
1: I mean, it it's also the right thing. I don't know if and don't hurt, right? But it's there needs to be that. <laughs> I mean, it's Israel had the high moral high ground, and they they're pissing it away, right? They pissed it away, so it's tough. But yeah, the vibes are a big part. And right now, the focus may be a lot on Biden, but Trump's scary. The stuff he's saying is absolutely terrifying. He's talking about insurrection act on day one. All those protests, no more protests. <laughs> insurrection act, and and he's not being coy about it. This is not theory. He's literally saying these things out loud. And he's talking about kicking out religious tests to get into the country and kicking out people who are Muslim. Yeah, so it's, okay, ceasefire or, or mass arrest and deportation. Right. Um, but nobody wants to hear that argument right now. And there's no need for it, to be honest. Who cares? Yeah. Like, the election's a year away. Nobody needs to make that determination today because it does not make a difference today. Now, if you're still making that same argument in September, October of next year, yeah, a year from then yeah. then there's a problem. But right now it's fine to put pressure on the administration and to, to exercise our First Amendment rights and to fight for what we believe is, is strong. And I do not see a problem with that. All I say is that has a ripple effect on some of this polling and that's okay. Don't freak out. Like people are, are doing what they can. They're expressing their discontent in the only way they can. Which is telling a pollster, yeah, I'm not happy with Joe Biden right now. Okay, cool. And you know what? Next October, early November, people will still not be happy with Joe Biden because I think it is now impossible for a president to be popular. I don't think our because our politics are broken. You're never going to see a popular president again. But at least in any recent one, near to midterm in the near to the midterm. But what we can do is just realize that that Republicans are facing the same issue. Right? Nobody's going to Trump and you know what, It's there's a miracle and the he drops dead because he choked in a cheeseburger or Nikki Haley somehow uses the criminal indictments to win the nomination, she will be torn through the shredder by the time election day comes along because she's one of them, right? She's, it's a different package, but she's still an anti, anti-abortion, anti-gay, bigoted Republican. And that's not going to change. Well, it's interesting, Mark, you, you do... You, you said, I, I wonder if um, indictments will change public opinion. And, and the polls that everybody's speaking about actually claim that it would shift numbers like 10 to 20 points. And that's, an, that's one reason I don't trust that poll. They <laughs> actually, because that's what people don't know that he's a crook. Everybody, I think the country's divided into two parts. Right? People who know he's a crook and the people who will not, don't care whether they don't believe it or they don't care. And so I'm not sure how a jury deciding that he's guilty is gonna change anything because everybody's just gonna blame it on the deep state. People are gonna blame it on the deep state, they're out to get him, it's a witch hunt, blah, blah, blah. It was a liberal jury in New York City or they're gonna have all the excuses in the world to to shrug it off. But yeah, who knows, maybe a couple points on the edges. Maybe some of those white suburban men who are law and order, maybe they might start feeling a little squeamish. And and he may lose some of those people's. It'll have an impact. I don't think in a primary, I don't think his people care. I think they're proud of it. They see his persecution like Jesus. They're persecuting him because he's right.
0: Yeah. I, I, until, though, but I, we've, it, we've discussed this before, too. The tricky thing is, as always, he has the cult of celebrity. People were attracted. If he had not been a celebrity, names on buildings, on The Apprentice, he couldn't have ever run prison in the first place. But part of that whole aura, and that mystique, is the names on the buildings, New York. You don't build a cult of celebrity out of Florida. Nobody's ever done that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that's why he's here in New York dealing with this. And we've said this before. Once you take that mystique off, because the regular folk, even some of the MAGA folk, dirt poor, but they aspire to be him. Mm-hmm. once he's no longer the him they think they thought he was, you don't really have any money. You you never did. You've lied about everything. Once that mystique comes off and all the names just come off the buildings, I don't... I mean, there's a few other people be like, yeah, because I'm into the celebrity. I'm here for the celebrity. The celebrity's not there anymore. So no. I, I think there's that's going to be... That, and that's why I think that's why he came... He didn't have to come here. He came to New York because he realized, wait a minute, I'm about to lose the mystique that's there, New York, Trump.
1: Your theory is that this trial is actually more dangerous to him than a criminal one.
0: At the moment, yes, because this is where he made his bones. Yeah. See, the other one's a little more specific. So you want to get into January 6th, and you want to try that. There are people who, right, they're always going to believe what they did on January 6th was a good thing. Now, what, what needs to happen is, some of these people who are sitting in prison need to start 60 Minutes and other places and you and me need to go in and interview him. How do you feel about it now? Who made you do this? We need to get all that out there. I think that'll take some of that veneer off. But I also think it going into some of the other trials, he's, people treated differently based upon status. And if your status is celebrity New York, Donald Trump in a trial, and that gets taken away before the trial even starts. Cause we may ultimately find out how much money he really has or does not have. Yeah. The, his unofficial biographer, David K. Johnston, he comes on from time to time, man, and he's talking about the fraudulent money. All these planes, there's a graveyard for airplanes that are in disrepair. You can't like, you can't necessarily uh, recycle them or throw them in the trash. So his, he has several of those Trump shuttle planes sitting in a graveyard, unmaintenanced because he doesn't have the money to fix them. Mm. So I think sometimes it's, it is those intangible things <laughs> that, but for him... Made him, and that's how people see him. Ivanka, disgraced. They all have been disgraced. And listen, the best thing that ever happened to him at the moment is that this New York trial, the current one with Tish James, is not televised gavel to gavel because all of it would be exposed in an instant. Yeah, it's a shame. We, we don't know. Terms, right? We're, we know he's, he's looking his shit in the courtroom. Yeah, he's damn middle Ivanka Ivanka was, was horrible on the stand, everyone misremembering and blaming other people. And but they've all been in on an elevated because then people are going to okay. ask. It, it's doesn't take a rock science when you do that, when you inflate your wealth and your status, you're trying to fool other people. It's always at other people's expense because it's proven you're not like me. I'm Donald Trump. I'm not like these MAGA people I'm exploiting. I'm better than them. Yeah. And this is something for them uh, to look up to. So I think that's going to be that's going to be a problem. Doctors take Field of Greens for their own health. Here's Dr. Ryan Green to explain.
1: We're like you, too much fast food and not enough exercise. That's why I take Field of Greens. The fruits and vegetables in Field of Greens support my heart, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism for weight loss. And Field of Greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back.
0: Get 15% off with promo code health at field dot That's promo code health at field product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
1: I like it. No. And it explains why he didn't need to be there for much of this trial. And it really explains why he's putting himself into what doesn't seem to be a very flattering place. Like he could have just ignored it, and said, Oh, that's like corporate nothing. And, Nothing to do with me, and he could have easily created a some of the conditions that that to minimize the impact of that trial, and instead he elevated it by his presence. So yeah, you're right. That's interesting. One
0: of the things I want to point out to is we were talking about some of these races, including Bashir in Kentucky. We want to commend Unto Freedom, Tamika Mallory, and others who went into Kentucky not to campaign for Bashir, so to speak, but to they helped Bashir by campaigning against Daniel Cameron. Mm-hmm. And the timing couldn't have been worse, in that the trial, the federal trial for the officer, one of the officers in Louisiana and in, in Kentucky, in the killing of Breonna Taylor, commenced last week, at the end of this campaign. And so it highlighted even more timing couldn't been worse for Daniel Cameron, the AG. It highlighted even more Marcos that he did nothing to prosecute yeah. the officers who killed Breonna Taylor, and that that was such a tragedy and it touched so many people. So oftentimes. We hear about George Floyd's and the Michael Brown's um, women being killed by police happen, but they aren't advertised as much. And this was of such an innocence. I and mean, she's home yeah. in sleep. She wasn't. And he killed her and people mobilized and stopped Daniel Cameron. So I think that was important. But I also don't want to leave out something else. Uh, Democratic governor in Kentucky, as you said, Mississippi was even competitive. Mississippi was competitive for the same reason. And the won the first time. It wasn't Roe four years ago with Andy Bashir. It was Medicaid expansion. That's okay. it. And, and what was interesting is even Kentuckian, right? Williams women, we need this health care. They just woke up one day and said, you know what? I, yeah, I'm Bible thumping and I believe in the Garden of Eden and it, it happened just 2,000 years ago. But you know what? I still need health care. Even though I believe all this, I support Trump, but I still need health care in this state. And Brandon Presley, in. Mississippi, his numbers went up toward the end when he started talking about healthcare expansion himself.
1: Yeah, this is why I talk about we're in the era of the politics of vibes because issue by issue, if we put this stuff up on ballot initiatives, like we we win on things like Medicare expansion and healthcare issues and abortion, but they in a lot of these southern states, Republican red states, like the vibes of the Democratic Party are off. So that's, I think, a longer term challenge is how do we meld people's attitudes or the things that Democrats stand for in the Democratic Party itself. So that's the challenge. That's, that's our, yeah. If we crack that code, Republican Party's
0: dead. All right. So my therapist has said to me, I don't need to press people out on what it means no. for them not to vote for Trump. Y'all hear that I'm going to follow the that's advice of my therapist. Are-
1: there's good reason let people yeah there's, there's no reason <laughs> that's different than next september october <laughs> yeah
0: i give you i give you all, all to the spring and then we're gonna you have to deal with it
1: <laughs> there you go
0: thursday coast as always thank you buddy thanks marcos marcos melissa folks be sure to check out everything on dailycoast.com uh, and, and subscribe if not become a part of the community's news you can do something about thanks, thanks marcos so much, appreciate right. you all right thank you my my camera froze for some reason yeah
1: i know i just said that thursdays work best for me but i'm actually traveling next thursday
0: thanks for getting woke and listening to make it plain as always perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person write a letter to a sister brother who just so happens to find her himself incarcerated offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand and above all